0: Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitzman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by Track Barn. And today we have a very special guest. Joining us, she is your a 2020 Olympian for Team Canada with the hammer throw coming in with a personal best that she threw not too long ago. Uh with 72.64 meters. Uh Jillian, we're Jillian, thanks for for joining us. Really appreciate it. Before we go any further, I want to give a huge shout out to the sponsor of today's video. Manscaped. As track athletes, we're going to be running tons of miles every week and can be really sweaty and gross after a hard day of practice, but those days are behind us. Manscaped just sent me their brand new performance package, which comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Look, I've tried a lot of razors in my day, but the Lawnmower 4.0 is just different. Its ceramic blade helps reduce grooming accidents. LED light allows you to shave anytime, anywhere. And since it's waterproof, you can even take it in the shower if you want. When shopping with Manscaped, use code TWN at checkout to get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping worldwide. Show up to your next meet looking good. If you wanna be the best, you gotta look the best. Link is in the description. And now back to the video.
1: Thank you so much. I
0: am happy to be here. I'm looking looking forward to to getting into some things uh, some things here. Uh, before we get into any track and field uh, stuff, because I know we, we got plenty of things to talk about there. I had some questions for you off the track, and so first uh, I did a little research uh, on some of the some of your tweets. So I have a question. All right. I got a question on two tweets that you had put out. And I'm, I'm wondering okay. if you got your answer, the answers for it. So, Let's see. first, this is from what I guess October 10th, 2021. Uh, okay. You said, What do you like more? I'm trying to settle a debate. Yellow <laughs> mustard, honey mustard, or spicy mustard? Uh, yeah. I was wondering what you were hoping. What, honey mustard one with 45%, right. yellow mustard second, and then spicy. Where, where do you settle on the debate and how did this question come about?
1: Yeah, so that's that's pretty funny. So my roommate and I were debating like different sauces and like toppings and stuff. And I said honey mustard was overrated. So I don't agree with the winning result. I'm not a big honey mustard fan. I would go yellow mustard first, spicy mustard second, honey mustard third. But it was just kind of some funny like banter between like one of my roommates and me. And then I was like, let's put it on Twitter. Like, let's see what people think. And I was like, well, I guess people do really like honey mustard, but I'm just not one of those people. Yeah,
0: I I think honey mustard (laughs) is, it's got, this is this is the heated debate here i guess it's like it's yeah. really good at like one thing it's like you can you can dip your your i don't know you can dip your nuggets or whatever in it but then outside you're not putting honey mustard on a sandwich nobody's putting yeah. honey mustard on a sandwich where it's not versatile exactly it's it's a one trick yeah. pony you, you need something that you know can go all over the place so i can understand yeah. where you're coming from there that's that's all right yeah so I like
1: the, to keep it classic <laughs> There you go. There you go. Uh
0: next one, uh so this was September 2nd, 2021. We're going to okay. diving into the the deep recesses of your mind. But you said I and this is perfect timing because Drake just dropped an album yesterday, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> you said, "I remember what I was doing the first time I heard a Drake song back in 2009." Needless to yep. say, I'm very excited about Certified Lover Boy one yeah have you, i guess it's two part question yeah one, yeah listen to the his new album yesterday i have two what were you doing back in 2009 when okay
1: you were doing this first? yeah so in 2009 i was still in high school and i just remember being in the car with friends and I think like best I ever had came on the radio and it was like yo like this is pretty good like who is this and it's like oh this is Drake and that was like my introduction to him and I've always been like a big Drake fan um it's also fitting that he's Canadian and so that's pretty cool and certified lover boy I was like super pumped for it to drop and I thought it was a great album now this new album definitely a different vibe I feel like it was hyped up because whenever an artist has like a surprise release people get super pumped of like oh damn like this is dropping tonight and then when i heard it i was like all right like it's not the same drake that we've heard in the past i feel like that last track he went on there and was like hey just to let you know like i can still rap but what i found interesting was apple music is actually categorizing it as a dance album yeah. So not his normal hip hop rap. And I think it's different, but it's vibey. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I wouldn't put it in like my top three for Drake albums, but like, I'm still a fan. So.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, he's done, he goes all over the place with like his, his discography. It's like, okay. So yeah. he has some dance, you got, he's using Jamaican accents out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> you get a, a whole bunch of different, different vibes. Yeah. And uh, so that's what's interesting. You said you wouldn't right. be in your top three. What would you say maybe is it maybe not your top three, but at least maybe your favorite uh, Drake album?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I can give you my top three. So I would say "Nothing Was the Same," and then I would go "Take Care," and then I'd put "Certified Lover Boy" in third.
0: Wow. There you go. Not yeah. bad.
1: Not bad. Yeah, yeah. That's my
0: take. Yeah, I think uh, I, I like "Take Care" first, and then I might put. Um, I guess what was it? If you're reading this, it's too late.
1: Second, okay, yeah. And
0: then maybe nothing was the same there. So it's, I but, feel like
1: if you're reading this, it's too late. That has a lot of good songs for like working out, like, yeah. like, like Legend and Energy are on those, right? Yeah. And like, the, like, so that there is a lot of hype songs. I feel like from that album too. So that that's a good that's a good top three. Yeah.
0: Well, I like yours as well. So it it uh, got some got some good uh, good heaters there for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Awesome. So now before we, you know, dive into more of your, your track side, I know you, so obviously your, your dad was an an Olympian big time uh, in, in the hammer throw as well. Yeah. But he wasn't really your, your introduction uh, to, to the hammer. You started off playing, playing other sports. uh, I I believe water polo, basketball, stuff like that. Like, you know, what what kind of sports did you like outside of track and field, you know, when you were, you were growing up? uh, up
1: Yeah. So I was just always like a super active kid. Like, I saw people skateboarding and I was like cool I want to try that like got into like skateboarding when I was a kid and then like I liked to rollerblade and like ride bikes so just kind of anything like I had a pogo stick and like you know I didn't have a trampoline but like friends that had a trampoline or a pool it's like let's go to their house and like just kind of do kid stuff and be active and so I always just yeah was was really active and then In grade like six, seven, eight in middle school, I was playing water polo and I did basketball. I even did wrestling. I have an older brother and he was on the wrestling team and I was like, oh yeah, let me let me try that out. And then I think I played softball for a year and then in track I did running events, jumping events, and then also shot and disc. So definitely like well rounded, which I think kind of shaped me into the athlete that I am now. And I think it's important to have Uh, a good background in in different sports uh, especially at the youth age and then in high school uh, played water polo basketball and track and just threw shot and disc and then my freshman year in college I actually went to Long Beach State for a year and down there um, Long Beach State's in the Big West and it's a smaller conference it's not you know um, it's D1 but it's not a power five school and so when I was there it was kind of like hey you know try the javelin try the hammer like see see what works um And so picked up a couple other events, wasn't really competitive, but it was just good to kind of get my feet wet. And then the next year I transferred to Oregon and I was still focusing on the shot and disc. I actually went to World Juniors in the shot put in 2012. And then I was doing a lot of hammer training that year. And then from then on 2013, 2014, and then my last year at Oregon in 2015 is really when like things started to take off with the hammer. And then I just stuck with it. Yeah. Well, First, the the
0: most difficult sport, the sport I don't understand. I, I was a pole vaulter, so I, I've, I've done my fair share of just, you know, sports that people are like, why would you do that? It looks insane. Water polo yeah. is one of those for me. Like, how, like, you're getting kicked underneath the water, holding yeah. your bike, elbows flying everywhere. I mean, w- why water polo? That Like, that's yeah. I, I, I can't understand it. My mind doesn't wrap my, my brain.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I actually grew up in California, and so, you know, it's it, lucky to be in a place where, like, you can do outdoor activities year-round. And so my dad actually played water polo when he was younger, growing up in England, like also kind of random, but he went to an all boys school and like, they had a really good water polo team. And so he kind of introduced both like me and my brother to it and was like, yeah, Hey, I think this is a great like sport for kids. And, uh, we found like a club team. And so, yeah, we played my brother and I, um, I played from sixth grade all the way through high school. So I played for seven years and, um, I would say that I was in like really good shape at the time because you have to be able to be, you. Know, a good swimmer but then there's like upper body stuff that goes into it um but it's way different than track and field but yeah i kind of just got into it and i loved it and it was fun and i i feel like it's not something i would ever get back into but definitely when i'm done track and field i would like to spend more time in the pool yeah
0: and it's it's awesome like something you mentioned like you know you've played what geez 30 million different sports <laughs> and yeah you know that's something that i i did as well and i think it's well, it's unfortunate seeing a lot of the, I guess, from my perspective, like younger generations, like, yo, okay, I, I play, I, I'm a basketball player. That's what I do year-round yeah. or whatever, like whatever Yeah, stack, that, like that's it's not it. good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not good to specialize too early. Yeah. It's like, you're,
0: you're 11 years old. You don't need to be doing basket 24 seven. Like, yo, know, yeah. branch out a little bit. You might find out something you love or, you know, it's helped. It's nice to, you know, kind of, you know, get away from things a, a little bit there.
1: hundred percent.
0: Here you go. And, um, so like, like we had mentioned earlier, like your, your dad was very elite athlete competing in three different Olympics, uh, both yeah. the hammer and I think the disc and the, and the shot as well, uh, back in yeah. the nineties and even the two thousands. Know, what yeah. was it like having, you know, someone that is an elite athlete, you know, in the household growing up, like, did you recognize that to begin with, or, or was it just yeah. like, or was it like, oh, this is just dad, uh, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah more of the latter definitely just dad to me and it was just normal it was like oh yeah like my dad's an athlete and my dad's a coach like that was just normal like sports are a big part of um, our family especially on my dad's side and so yeah at his first olympics in 1984 at the la games he did the disc and the hammer and then he stepped away from throwing and he actually started playing some football. And so as a guy from England, American football was completely foreign to him, but he had a, a good friend and a teammate from college. He went to SMU and his best friend is Michael Carter, who is Michelle Carter's dad. And so Michael was, uh, you know, a Texas guy played football and, and did track and uh he said hey robert you know if you want to make some money like you know you should look at playing football like you're a big guy and so my dad goes okay um and he played some preseason um football and then he actually landed in canada in the in the CFL and so he played 6 seasons in the Canadian Football League and that's kind of how he met my mom and then the canadian link happened there um And then he was like, you know what? Like I kind of missed track and field and he got into coaching. And then he said, I kind of want to throw again. He goes back and makes two more Olympic teams in his 30s. So I thought that was like super impressive looking back and kind of like understanding the full scope of what he did as an athlete but growing up it's like I had no idea that like he played football I didn't know that he was an NCAA champion as a freshman I didn't know really like the magnitude of some of the things that he had done um but when my brother and I were young I was only three years old when he went to the Olympics in 1996 and then uh, I was seven when he was competing in Sydney but we got to watch him compete in the discus in his uh second and third olympics and just to have that as like kind of a role model for sure but also just of like oh like this is something that's totally achievable like my own dad did it like why can't i and so i think it was great to just be exposed to that at a young age and it it made it certainly possible um for me to do what i'm doing
0: yeah. I mean, that that's incredible. You don't see like, oh, yeah, I made three Olympics. Usually it's like three in a row, not yeah. 12 years later. <laughs> you know, you exactly. them in three and then a different. Exactly.
1: Event.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah. That's cool. What would do you have? Any, do you have any like specific memories of from when you're at, uh you know, 2000 or, or 96 games?
1: Yeah, so um, when I was seven in the year 2000 at the Sydney Games, like, I remember being able to, like, walk around, like, the Olympic Village. Like, at the time, they kind of had, like, a friends and family area, and so, like, we could go in and, like, you know, get free food and, like, drinks and stuff, and, like, as a kid, like, Unlimited Sprite seemed like the coolest thing ever <laughs> right yeah. um so yeah it, it was it was fun to just to be there and to, to be able to travel and yeah like i said have that exposure at a young age was awesome and i have a picture of like me when i was a kid and i don't know whose medal it is i actually should ask my dad but like there's a picture of me with someone's silver medal around my neck and i'm like that's like pretty cool that like i was able to be around athletes and be around olympians and olympic medalists and so just i think like the whole environment of Seeing that this was something that was, to me, totally normal, even though it was a huge deal, I thought that that had the most impact because from a very young age, I was like, yep, I want to go to the Olympics and I want to be an Olympian. That's what I want to do. Yeah.
0: Got to keep the, the family tradition rolling. And it obviously, uh, it worked for you here in, in Tokyo this past year. Um, yeah. Ha- has there been any thought of how your dad's first Olympics was, was LA in what? nine eighty four? 84. 84? And your yeah. potential third Olympics where yeah. LA twenty 20- yeah. have you has that been any thought of you thrown in the same circle that your dad did all those Yeah, years? yeah.
1: Um, absolutely. I mean I feel like LA six years from now um, and I can't say for sure that I will still be competing at that time I would like to 100 percent you know you you never know like where life's really going to take you and I'm definitely focused on Paris right now but if I were to keep going and to qualify for a third games like he did and then to finish off my Olympic career where he started his I think that that would be pretty special.
0: Yeah, it'd be uh, just a full circle moment. Oh nope, yeah. no intended with for real. <laughs> that- yeah, yeah, yeah. I like what you did there. <laughs> yeah, and so you were you then, like you mentioned, you you transferred over to to Oregon, and and really those years of Oregon, if I remember correctly, were some real powerhouse athletes. Was that Mark like the Mariota era, and I think maybe yeah, and e- like what,
1: what was yeah. it like?
0: You know, there being just so many top tier athletes walking around the, the that campus that you know transcended our sport really.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we had a a good football team for sure. And uh, it was lucky to have a lot of former Ducks that were still in the area training, like Ashton, Brianne were there and I would see them regularly. And I had teammates like Jenna Prandini, Phyllis Francis, Devin Allen, Raven Rogers, like all those people I have been teammates with. And so looking back, it was pretty special that we had so many of us that went on to compete, um, not only at the Rio Olympics, but then also some two-time olympians and then like myself and a handful of others were in tokyo for the first time making our olympic debuts like to be on those teams um was pretty special and my senior year in 2015 um the women we won the outdoor team title which was pretty special because the men had won in 2014 and we were on the podium but we didn't win and then in 2015 the men won again and then we won as a as a female team and so to step up and you know have that national championship like team title was was a big deal and like i said looking back to say wow so many of us have gone on to like make the olympics is really really special
0: yeah, there's just been a lot, especially that that era on the men and the women's side, uh, especially yeah. you know, that have been able to, you know, be, be top of the game, you know, with, with the Ducks. I mean, what is it about uh, – I, so I haven't been able to go to Oregon yet, but but what is it about just the U- University of Oregon that kind of, you know, just is breeding all of this, you know – Yeah, athletes, for sure.
1: Well, I think now it's pretty easy because they've got that renovation. So, <laughs> like, if you if you want to say, hey, this is my home track – and you want to compete at you know the best place in the u.s for a track and field competition then it's easy just to say hey that's where i want to go but even before that and before the renovations like you know people talk about hayward magic and i think if you show up on the day and you're ready to go anything can happen i've seen people who were not even projected to maybe make a final win, um, or you know, athletes that were able to get those. Uh, Coach Johnson calls them fire points, and it's like sometimes if you get sixth, seventh, eighth place, you might only be picking up a couple points, but that could be the difference maker for your team to win a title. And so, Oregon just has such great fans and knowledgeable track and field fans in the community, and I think that that definitely breeds an environment for some great performances.
0: Have you been able to be back there since the the renovations yet?
1: I have not. Unfortunately, I was actually planning to go earlier this year and, and it didn't um, line up, but I'm excited for the world championships this summer. And the last time I was in Oregon actually was in 2017. So it's been five years. So I feel like it's overdue, but I'm super excited to get out there next month. Yeah. It's going to
0: be a uh... Pretty exciting to, you know, finally be be back in the place where you, you know, kind of yeah uh, kind of all started for you. Um before we get to that, uh, you know, obviously you made your your first Olympic team here in in Tokyo this past year. You know, what was it like to be able to finally, you know, check that box off and and complete a goal that you had for yourself, you know, back when you were, you know, seven years old, like you, you were mentioning earlier.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it really just meant everything and it was a confirmation that, you know, everything that I've gone through is that I'm on the right path and that. I'm doing the right thing and i can just keep working hard and achieve you know those goals that i set out so long ago and i was just really excited to just be on team canada and we we have a strong team and um yeah it was just kind of everything that i had hoped for i didn't have expectations because i didn't have anything to compare it to um and some people talked about like oh you know there were fans weren't able to go because of COVID and this and that and it's like i didn't even think about that i thought you know what like i'm going to the olympics no matter what like I'm out there to do my best. And the cool thing was we could go watch our teammates and like be in good seats during their events because typically the athletes, you know, you might get the nosebleed, like, you know, the athlete section, right? You might not get some good seats, but it's like, I had awesome seats for like the men's hundred meter final and like the men's high jump final. And like, I saw a women's triple jump world record go on. And so like, there's a lot of memories from my time in Tokyo that I'll definitely hold with me for a long time
0: were you able to see uh DeGrasse when his gold in the
1: uh the in the 200? 200? I was not there in person unfortunately. I was not there in person for that but yeah just the 100 I was there so that was cool. Well he that dude he finds
0: ways to get on podium
1: so yeah he'll probably be doing that uh
0: at yeah. the world championship now and right so, um you know well first have you were you able to see those new uniforms uh Oregon came out with at at Man, so
1: cool, so cool. Honestly, like hands down, those are probably my favorite Oregon uniforms ever. Like that dark green and the gradient into the like lighter green with the ducks on it. Like they always do such a great job, but yeah, those uniforms that they debuted at the NCAAs recently, I thought were super sick.
0: Yeah, and so Oregon's always been known for just having, you know, tons of uniforms and uniforms, whether it's in, in all sports. And so right. when, how do they, get, do they give them all out to you in the beginning of the year? Is it like as the week goes on? Like, how did that work? Yeah, were, were so
1: yeah, a little inside information. So. It really just depends. But at the beginning of the year, like say the indoor season is starting, you you might have like your standard, you know, yellow uniform or the black uniform. And you're not getting everything up front. And then, you know, if you make the NCAA indoor team, you're going to get a different uniform for that. And then for outdoors at Pac-12s, maybe they'll give you a different uniform for that competition. And then NCAAs, they always bring something special. So you kind of have to qualify for yeah, the conference, the regionals and the NCAAs to actually get your hands on some of those uh, like hot uniforms. What were some of your favorites uh, that you were able to wear? Um, One of them that I liked that I think it debuted, um, I want to say like maybe like my junior or senior year was, uh, it was a throwback uniform. That was pretty cool. And so it was kind of like the old faded yellow with like that, like uh, neon, like lucky green, uh, color, Kelly green color, um, for the organ script on the front. And then like an apple green bottom, those were pretty cool. And then my senior year, it was like the bright green fighting duck uniform. Like that was cool. Um, I also liked the white one. So I mean, we got so many options. It's hard (laughs) to pick, but, uh, yeah, I would maybe go with the throwback or the fighting duck green uniform. Yeah. I've always loved the, uh, the, the fighting duck,
0: uh, Uniform. yeah yeah it's that one's. it's always uh it's always super cool uh, right and something else that, that you know is has been important for you you've mentioned it in a few few interviews in the past is um you know your, your heritage and you know and where you're coming from you know you you have a uh, mohawk descent uh i believe want to make sure i say that correctly you know yeah how important is that for for you to have representation on you know the biggest stage in in your sport to be able to show you know other you know girls and boys that you know grew up like you you know hey you know you can you can make it anywhere
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, How that all kind of came out to be in like, I guess uh, I would say like the media is um, I know an athlete in the U.S. who is a marathon runner and she also has indigenous background. And so when I qualified for the Olympics, she just put on Facebook and she said, hey, I want to congratulate, you know, a fellow indigenous athlete, Jillian Weir, who's qualified for Tokyo. And from there, she had other friends from the native community that were like liking and sharing it and reaching out to me for interviews and stuff like that. Like that and people were like oh like we had no idea that you had an indigenous background and so i was lucky to be able to do some interviews regarding that and i think that representation like you said to, to show you know young athletes that you can do anything no matter where you come from was really important and on team canada in tokyo last year i was the only known indigenous athlete and so it was also cool to just say like hey like again, it, you might be the only one, but there's other people out there doing big things. And again, it doesn't matter where you come from. And um, I'm pretty, pretty lucky to have a diverse background. Like my dad was born and raised in England and his parents are Jamaican. And then on my mom's side, it's all Canadian and then indigenous. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to represent for, you know, the Mohawk nation. And uh, I'm excited to see what other indigenous athletes uh, get up to. Yeah,
0: it's been, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, be one of those people that, you know, are, you know, at the forefront of, of what it is that you're doing. Um, you know, so others, have you re- had any people reached out to you, whether it be other, you know, kids or, or athletes? It's like, oh, hey, like, I'm, you know, indigenous myself, yeah. whether are Mohawk or not, you know, reaching out and right. so- yeah
1: yeah quite a few around around the time of the olympics and then um, there's an athlete in the u.s janae she's from missouri she went to kansas state and so she right now is uh number two i think in the world and number two in the u.s in the women's hammer and so same for her is like she's comanche and she said to me she's like hey like i had no idea like that's so cool and so we were able to chat about it and i've um was lucky enough to go uh, after the olympics in um in september like the month following, I was back in Ontario, Canada, and I visited like the reserve and I got to talk to like the chief of like our specific um, area where like my grandparents and like my Mohawk ancestors were from. And so it was special to be able to connect with the people like literally on ground like in that area, but then also people just reaching out from all over.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's got to be great to be able to, you know, connect back with your roots, and then also, you know, maybe get you know a, a message, a DM, a text, a, a letter. Yeah. Say, hey, by the way, you don't know me, but you had this this impact. That, that's got to be yeah. As well. Definitely. Definitely. And so, yeah, you know, like we had mentioned, we got the World Championships coming coming up in, uh, you know, not not too long here in, in July. You know, what, what's you know what's that kind of looking like for you here? You know, as you're you're preparing, you're getting ready, you know, to you know go back to your your, your alma mater and, and be able to you know compete at a at a high level again there.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. So in Tokyo, I finished 19th and I thought, you know, top 20 was, was a solid mark and it wasn't, you know, everything that I, I wanted, but I, I was able to walk away and say, hey, you know what? I tried my best and um, I feel like I've, I've been through a lot, you know, both on and off the track. It's like I made the world champs in 2017 and I fouled out. So that's obviously, you know, the worst result um, and something you don't want to happen, but it did. And I kind of had to bounce back from that. And then in 2019, I didn't qualify for the world. And so now in 2021 to have my uh world standard and to be going back to another world championships i'm super excited and i think realistically like a top 12 finish for me and then if i can sneak into that top eight and you know just really put my best foot forward is that's definitely what i want to do and i'm looking forward to it
0: yeah man like like you said in in oregon you can be someone that's you know yeah. at the bottom and still and win the thing so there's yeah there's, you would like,
1: you Yeah. You never know. And uh, another thing I was actually talking to my dad uh, the other week about this and it's pretty cool. So since Deanna Price is the reigning world champion from Doha, uh, the U S gets to have four athletes in the women's hammer. And then, you know, Cameron Rogers, she's been killing it this year, you know, uh, NCAA champion and NCAA record holder. And so with her, and then with me, we could potentially have six athletes from North America out of the 12 in the final. And it's like, if we could have half, that final be just all from North America, I feel like that would be really special. So, yeah, just got to show up and do your part. But uh, you never know what will happen. We got to show uh, the people over in Europe that we know what we're doing over here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, complete domination, really flipping the script a little bit uh, over there. Yeah, like, oh, yeah we, we're, we're coming to ball here, too. Uh, yeah. You, you had mentioned Cameron a little bit. She's been having an insane this year and and past year. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've definitely... It, just the women's side, uh, for college track athletes has been so close. Yeah. That top four, where it's like, it's just been impossible for me to pick, you know, who, who's having the best year. Um, right. you know, it's, it's, it's got to touch on for those that may not be familiar with how impressive, you know, what she do is doing, like actually is like, you know, yeah, college state. yeah,
1: absolutely. So, uh, her mark now throwing over 77 meters, I want to say that's a top 10 all time mark. And also another context is if we go back uh, before, let's say Rio even, um, the American record and the Canadian record weren't even over 76 meters at the time. So just in the last five, six years, we've had you know Deanna throw you know, over 80 meters and you've had other girls in the US throw over 77, 78, 79. And now with Cameron in Canada throwing over 77, it's a big deal. Um, to get an American record or Canadian record, I think, in any event or, you know, any national record is, is a big deal. But to be a top 10 all time just really, really shows that, you know, her hard work's paying off and she's killing it. They actually call her a Cam, so I think it's a fitting name. Yeah. <laughs>
0: there, there you go. Yeah, she's been going going crazy. I mean, if you had a, a Bowerman vote, uh, you know, for the women,
1: who yeah. would
0: you go yeah. with? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I definitely would be biased and I, and I got to throw one uh, to, you know, my, my fellow teammate and another hammer thrower, but yeah, seeing what Abby Steiner did and Anna Hall, like I love all track and field events. I like watching the jumps and the sprints and even some of the distance events, you know, and not all throwers maybe would say that. And I, I would say a lot of people on the track maybe aren't really looking at the field, but I'm just a fan of the sport, but I would, I would give Cameron my vote for sure. But some of those doubles and triples that those girls were putting down at, uh, the NCAA outdoors was very impressive.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I, it's, it's one of those where if you gave it to any of them, I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. It's, yeah. it's super, super impressive.
1: Right. It's like, but, it's like, how can you, how can you pick at that level? It's kind of just like whatever happens happens. Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You put your best foot forward. All of them did. And so it's like, you know, it, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. up to, it's out of your hands at that point. For sure. Exactly. Uh, Jillian, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, super uh, appreciate you taking the time here. We're definitely looking forward to seeing you. You throw uh, you know, at Worlds. I know we're a while away. Did, did you know by any chance like about when you might be throwing? Yeah. Others?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I compete day one. So we got Women's Hammer day one on July 15th, and then the final is on day three, July 17th.
0: Awesome. So tune in there. Uh, Where could people go if they wanted to, uh, you know, learn more about you or follow you on social media, anything like that? For sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm not super active, but I'm trying to put a little bit more content out there. You can just follow me at Jillian Weir. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok
0: awesome there you go actually and we're going follow her get ready for world championships uh thank you jillian for taking the time really appreciate it and thank you to everyone for watching or listening this has been another episode of track world news if you want more content go and follow us over on instagram at track world news we post almost daily over there highlights news clips other types of content so go and enjoy that uh, that's going to do it for us here have a good one peace